very much. Uh, so thank you, uh, Vice President, and thank you all. I, as he said uh, about a month ago, we had the first session of this talk, which is doing business the full possible way. And uh, today we will run through uh, a second part, which will be touching on a lot of the first part. Uh, but maybe perhaps I also want to make this quite interactive, uh, but I also want to make it very scripture-based this time. Uh, the first time we talked a lot about what we can do in our businesses and so on and so forth, some practical steps. Uh, but I want to release this more to scripture on this occasion because I believe that as Christians, what differentiates us is our faith. That is what is in business everybody looks for a unique selling point. What makes me unique from you? We may both be selling airline tickets. British Airways, Virgin Airlines, selling tickets to Accra, same price, everything is the same. But when I always choose British Airways, why? There's something that differentiates you from the rest. We need to identify what is that differentiator. And so we will be able to use that to be our leverage to make sure that we are always ahead of those around us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity to gather here. Father, we are speaking on this topic, doing business the full gospel way. I pray, Lord, that you speak to your people, each one. Minister to their hearts that which you want them to hear tonight, so that they will go and they will impact on their own businesses to make a difference, to be the light that will shine wherever that we go. Father, bless my lips and bring them so every word that comes out of my mouth will bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank God. So, let's get into business. So, the question that was asked last time was who is your CEO of your company? Who is the CEO of your company? Who is the CEO of your company? And that question still remains. I hope that I answered your question, your answer like a month ago. But for anybody who still has any other CEO apart from Jesus, can you raise your hand? Whose business is owned or is led by any other person other than Jesus? Anybody here? So we all our businesses are led by Christ. And when we say that our businesses are led by Christ, that means that everything concerning our business should be led by Christ. Not when we stand here and then when it comes to decision making, we make our own decisions and then we say we are led by Christ. Led by Christ means that you are in tune with what the Holy Spirit is asking for you to do for your business. And so every decision you make, every choice you make, and in business as you know, you'll be making a lot of choices. Life is about choices, but in business particularly, you'll be making a lot of choices. You'll be making a lot of choices of who you will partner with. Very, very important part of your decision. Whoever you go into bed with in business can either define your success, your failure, and your longevity of your business. And so it's very important just that you choose a wife. You choose somebody who you can you are compatible with, somebody that you share the same faith, the same beliefs, the same views on many things that are important. You may not share everything in public, but there are some things that you will not compromise with when you have a wife. You always want to share those things with them. So is your business partner. You choose who you employ. You choose who you employ. And so that again is very, very important. Because you choose the wrong person in your business and you end up collapsing your business. So this evening, I also want to talk about business using certain principles, uh, Christian principles, uh, that I think will help us to make that differentiation. Last time, when we projected the slide, and unfortunately we can't do that today, I put on the slide that had a lot of different things that we asked you to ask me a question, which one, and then you tell me what it meant to you, and then I also added to it. 
One big word that everybody avoided at that time was the biggest word from them was integrity. I don't know why everybody talked about everything else, but the biggest word. And integrity is something that we must have in business. It's very, very, very important. Let me use that uh, short testimony that Eric shared earlier. Eric could have done whatever that he did, or whatever was being proposed to him to do. And he could have come here and sit here, and nobody will ever know what he did. And so, maybe he has a walk with God, he has finished, he has wiped his mouth, he has prayed, and the Lord has forgiven him. And you come and sit here, and nobody will know. And that's all. But integrity goes beyond what we can see. Integrity is what we cannot see. But even though we cannot see, you will not do it because you know it is not right. It is simple as that. It's the thing that you do in the dark that you will not be ashamed to do in the light. And giving you the example that you gave, because I also travel a lot in business. And your friend was trying to lead you astray, which you gave him some negative vibes, though the signals were not too strong. <laughs> Let me give you one example in Botswana many years ago. In this case, as the vice president said, it's difficult. So in the evening, when you finish your business, you stay in your room so that you don't even go and see the dish. But in my case, the temptation came to me. <laughs> Amen. So I was in my room, just as I was advised by my vice president to do. Business, go to your room and sleep so that you don't go and follow people. So I did what the vice president told me to do. But I had a knock on my door. And so I peered out. And there was this very attractive lady. And she said, oh, I'm looking for Mr. John. I said, oh, Mr. John is not <laughs> So, I'm sorry. So, as I was, no, she opened the, she closed the door. So, oh, it's okay. If Mr. John is not, I can still come in anyway. Yes, the president has COVID. It's just an invitation to drink. <laughs> And so, she held the door back and she wouldn't let me close the door. She said she wants to come in. So at that point in time, I quickly got off my feet. I said, I'm sorry, my wife is also in there. I can't let you in. She said, you are lying. <laughs> because she had been spotting me and she was out there by myself. So to cut the long story short, long story short, I said, okay, let me take your number. And I'll call you later. And so she left her number and then she went away. But that is the level of temptation that you get when you go away from business trips. This is just one of many examples that I can give you. Wow. But the key thing here is integrity. Because it's integrity that will stop you from doing what naturally you will do. Because you are thinking of what the consequences are. I'm going to look away from the spiritual angle for now. But it's very important. Because this applies for unbelievers as well as believers. Integrity applies to all persons. Our faith is what gives us the strength to stand for. Because that's the difference between us and the unbeliever. So the unbeliever's uh, notion of integrity can be compromised somewhere along the way. But because of our faith, and because of the fear of God in us, and of course the Holy Spirit that resides in us, we are able to resist it better than the people of the world. But nevertheless, you see, be careful lest you fall. Eh? Because there is also this temptation that you might think that, oh, I am about these things. I always say that flee from certain things. There are certain sins you must flee from. So in business, it's the same. 
There are certain people we must be careful going to bed with, to partnership with. There are certain people we must be careful to not to employ. Because we are seeing where they come from. We are seeing what the things that they do. So due diligence is very, very important in business. What do I mean by due diligence? Is do your research well. Don't just go into business just because you like what they are selling. Oh, I hear that this business is moving. That's how we do it now. They say this thing is moving back and everybody starts doing the same thing. Understand the nature of what you are trying to do. Understand the dynamics within the industry. Understand your strengths and your weaknesses as a person and what your capabilities are as a businessman or woman before you even venture going there because it seems to be the right thing to do. And it's very, very important that we get those kinds of things sorted out before we rush into business transactions. A lot of people are bent badly in business and then they run up to God and say, God, deliver me. But when you were going to do the business, did you consult God? Did you ask for God to direct you? Did you ask for wisdom? The Bible says that we must all seek for wisdom. And He said, if you lack it, ask, and it shall be given to you liberally. The Lord said, you give us wisdom liberally if we ask for it. So if you lack wisdom, ask for wisdom, and the Lord will grant you wisdom. I want to use three things to talk to you about how we're going to run our businesses as members of four gospel as Christians. Integrity is the best one to Integrity essentially is about being honest and adhering to principles that you are. You, you hold dear to your heart, and in our case, Christian values and Christian virtues. I took a scripture from Genesis chapter 39. If somebody will be kind enough to read from verse 11 to 15. Genesis 39. 11 to 15. Genesis 39, 11 to 15. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house there with him. And she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and, she, and was fled forth, that she called unto the men of the house and spake unto them, saying, See, he has brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass, when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, that he left his garment with me, and fled, and got him out. So, this is, we are all very familiar with this story. This is the story of our own Joseph. The Joseph who was sold as a slave by his brothers, who was almost murdered by his brothers, ended up as a slave in Egypt, in the house of Potiphar, and then his wife was making a pass at him, trying to get him into bed. And this is the story that shows at a point in time that she tried to grab him physically. Having tried all the other means to get him, now she had to use a physical attack, attack to be able to get him. And the important thing I want to stress on here is when he says, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Joseph was wise to flee. He fled and he left. We must be wise to move out of certain situations, even in business, that we don't find ourselves in certain companies, in certain environments, because these are the sort of things which come back and bite us and contaminate our integrity and contaminate us years to come. When you are prospering and doing well, somebody will refer you back 
to 15 years ago when you were a young man thinking that you had done something that nobody could see you do. And so Joseph had wisdom and the Lord delivered him out of the hands of this woman. And if we read on the story, we see that he had to go to prison as a result of fleeing and running away from the problem. So what is the story here? The story is telling us that even when he had fled, he still had to go through difficulties. But the end story that we all know is when he gave out. Protocol was broken for Joseph. He is not an Egyptian. He does not come from there. And I'm sure there are laws in Egypt that suggest that if you are not Egyptians, you cannot become a prime minister of the country. But because of the test he had been, because he had passed all the tests, the Lord elevated him and made him a prime minister to break away protocol. And so, when we are hit in circumstances like this, and we are not able to take the stance to either flee, and when we flee, maybe go through some affliction or some difficulty for a time, it is only for the Lord to prepare us for even the greatest possible elevation. But as Christians, sometimes we fall short and we say it is the devil, it is uh, somebody who is chasing us. Yes, it may be the devil, but the Lord will turn what was meant for evil to good. And so integrity is what Joseph demonstrated here. He's passed away. Potiphar was nowhere to be found. He was at work. The work was forcing him and was making uh, you know, uh, suggestions to him. So you know, he can say, oh, I didn't make the move. He made the move. And she brought me to her room. And I could easily have said, he's done it. Nobody will know. She's happy and he will get away. But his integrity will not allow him to do so. And so even though nobody could see him do that, he decided that he will not do that. So that is the parallel I want us to draw in our business. There are things that maybe people will not see. The VAT invoices, maybe the people will not see you. The taxes that you are supposed to pay, maybe the people will not find out. But your integrity must say to you that this is wrong. And yes, it will cost you more money to pay the taxes than not. But at the end of it all, when the Lord sees your heart and whether how you have uh, gone in because it is the fear of God that must drive you not to do this. And so when the Lord sees your heart, He will repent you. Even the things that you were not uh, able to pay, He is able to give you more than those amounts that you pay. When I, my last uh, company I worked with, one of the greatest costs we have is uh, taxation. And one of the biggest costs for every business, especially multinational businesses, and avoid taxes wherever you can because they can be very, very, very expensive. And so you run companies such that you try and avoid taxes. There's something which you call tax evasion and there's something called tax avoidance. And there's tax planning. So tax planning will ensure that you can look at your, your, your profits across different countries and you'll be able to make sure that all the taxes you pay in the world your taxes come down. And so that's one of the things that I was responsible for. And you can be very, very, you can easily get corrupted because you can massage figures to pay your taxes. And that's what many companies do, offshore companies. In fact, a company I used to work with uh, some time back, we had for a transaction from company A to company B. That's the company A to company B. Instead of transaction going from one uh, company to the other, there's about 15 different companies between one transaction. Why? Because as you transact between one uh, company to the other, you move the profits to different countries wherever the tax base is low. And that is one way that we are able to avoid tax. And some companies will some countries will really call that evade taxes. But this is how a lot of companies survive. But you as I mean, somebody who's got integrity, somebody who years ago, you must be able, in your position of influence, speak to people to make a difference. And so whenever I was had to make a decision 
regarding any individual taxes, I want to make sure that we declare all our taxes, we pay our taxes, and particularly because I was an African working for an African company run by uh, Europeans, I had to make sure that my African interest was also met. Because it's the same taxes that build the roads in this country, it's the same taxes that build the hospitals in this country. But apart from that, being a Christian, we must also go the extra mile to make sure that everything that is done is done with integrity. Honesty. These are some of the things that we must stick up. With integrity, we must make sure that it's truthful. You speak the truth. What is wrong is wrong is wrong. What is right is right. You speak as it is. Decency, righteousness, sincerity. These are all uh, attributes of somebody who works with integrity. And I charge all of us that as we go back to our businesses, let's be the pillar of integrity in our business. So when somebody comes in with a corrupt business deal, and you know that is wrong, because you will know. I've sat in my offices and people have come here and come and propose all kinds of things to me that they want to, uh, you know, if I can sell some things to them, you know, at certain prices, they can make a deal and all kinds of things. And I can smell them a hundred miles away. And so even before they start the conversation, I just I'm not interested in these kinds of things. Look, you can not make a choice. Sometimes it's so attractive that you want to think that, oh, this one, this one, if it doesn't mean nobody's really using it, it's flying there. But the Lord is watching. And He's using us as the light of the world. So we must not compromise on these things. Okay, I also want to talk about the second thing I want to talk about. Second pillar I want us to talk about will be the one on diligence. Uh, Diligence is our constant pursuance and our earnest effort to accomplish something without with perseverance. So we know we are pushing ourselves. We don't stop. It is tough. It is difficult. But our diligent spirit will say that we must continue to pursue. Pursuing in excellence, pursuing in everything that we do. But diligently. The scripture I want to read from 2 Peter 1, 5 to 9. 2 Peter, chapter 1, from verse 5 to 9. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 5 to 9. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Amen. So it says, but also for this reason, giving all diligence, all diligence, add to your faith that you purge. So you have faith already. You have faith already. You can say, oh, I have faith. Happy. Does anybody have faith here? We all have faith. But he said, give all diligence. That means you must pursue. You must not pursue. You, you, you must move on. You must not stop. And you must add to what you have. Give all diligence. Add to your faith. Virtue. Virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. From perseverance, godliness. From godliness, brotherly kindness. And from brotherly kindness, love. 
These are all the things that we must add on as Christians. But all of these things must be done so diligently. So diligence is one of the things with which, as businessmen, we go out there because there will be challenges. There will be days that things will be months, seasons, contracts will not be paid, things will not be done. You are standing on the business, all the things are against you because you will not pay bribe. Because you know if you don't pay bribe, nothing happens. Huh? Give it just to go and get ordinary paper for ministries. Some four. Now when you see you go and you queue up and you read and they say the thing is finished. <laughs> eh? Then you'll be looking at you. you know, I must have <laughs> So either you go back home and cut the problem and do the traffic again. Or you do the respectable things. <laughs> but if you decide that you want to remain to do the right thing, then you will find that to be very, very, very difficult. But we must not give up. We must pursue, we must continue to persevere, we must seek to do what is right. We must do so with all our strength, with all that God has given to us. And then the scripture also says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will never be dry, you will never be barren, you will never lack. Because he who knows Christ can never lack. And so if you are able to do this and abound in these things, he said we'll be able to move on and we'll be able to get where we are trying to get to. But I just want to uh, warn all of us that it takes a lot of perseverance and in the face of adversity, difficult decisions you have to make to be diligent. When you are diligent, you may not find a lot of people who are as diligent as you. That means you may not have a lot of friends. You might even be seen as somebody who is an outsider. Because I remember, uh, some time back, when I came to know the Lord and some people that I was working with, because I was a very early part of my walk, and so it kind of took them off by, by shock, because all of a sudden, there's things I was not doing that they used to do with me. So after went all the going out and drinking and all these things, they realized that this guy is not doing things in the same way. And so all of a sudden they realized that I'm an outsider, or they begin to treat me like an outsider. But we have to pursue. And it got to a point that I was became a total outsider that even business meetings where I was supposed to be leaving, I would only be here of the meeting. Because now it has become a network of friends who, if you are not part of the drinking club, you don't, you are not qualified to be part of the business too. And so you become isolated and you can be very, very, very lonesome. But you must persevere and you must work diligently and make sure that whatever you believe in Christ, it is not, the world was never meant to be easy. Christianity, in whoever told you it was easy, is a lie. It is because if you look at the person we are following, he didn't have it easy. So what gives you the right to think that it will be easy for you? If you are not in Christ, then Christians are Christ-like. And everything Christ went through, if you want to be like him, then we must go through what he went through to be like him. And so Christianity is a tough one. But what we have is the grace of God to be able to take us through the difficult times. So that even when we are going through dry seasons, and there will be dry seasons, we'll be able to still stand the test of time and overcome. Because that is where we know we have a testimony, and that is where we know we have a victory. Our victory comes through the tests that we go through, so that we'll be able to get the testimonies that the Lord has prepared for us. So businessmen, let us be very, very diligent in what we do. We must be very focused in the work. So you are setting up a business, contract, you are setting up a partnership with people, make sure that you are going through the due process, make sure that you understand who you are getting into bed with, make sure that they share at least certain fundamental principles with you. Don't go in with somebody who you know better. This person is totally off from what you believe in. And for the sake of money, you think that somehow you can convert him. You know, sometimes you will convert him. And before you know, you are putting him doing other things. And that's why I'm also very skeptical about too many 
business ventures coming into Ghana from people with very strategic agenda are partnering up with Ghanaians. And we need to be very, very careful. Because they will bring in the money and you'll be attracted by the money. But they, the money means nothing to them. There's a greater agenda that they have, which is to make this this Christian nation a non-Christian one and even a Muslim country. And so we have to be very, very diligent. If we're going to business with someone, just don't be attracted. Oh, the guy is living in the cheapest loan, he's bringing a lot of money in. Understand what you're getting into bed with. Make sure that the person, if you're going to go with, I'm not saying don't do business with the Muslim, but if you're going to make sure that you two, you are strategically uh, positioned, spiritual. Because when they come, they don't come and sit there, they pray and pray before they come and sit there. You sign, start signing documents that you don't know you sign. So you, you need to make sure that you are spiritually prepared. So business must, must not just go in with your eyes, with your business acumen, my experience. Go in spiritually. Pray every morning as you go to your business, as you go to sign your deals, as you go to partner with people. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in all wisdom so that at the end of the door, you can see that His will is done in your business. So we talk about integrity, we talk about diligence. Now I want us to stress on excellence. Excellence is a hallmark of every Christian businessman. You must excel. The self excel means that it's a state of the quality of being exceptionally good at whatever you do. You know, mediocrity is not acceptable as a Christian businessman. So, you don't do things and say, oh, because everybody else is at this level, let me... No, 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 no. You are a Christian businessman, and more importantly, a forward school businessman. And so you must seek to excel every time you do your business. Let me just read two uh, verses here. Uh, Daniel 6, 3. I'll read it quickly. Then this Daniel distinguished himself about the governors and subjects because of excellence for him. And the king gave props to him, setting him over the whole realm. And then Daniel 1, verse 20 says, And in all matters of wisdom and understanding, about which the king examined, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Daniel, for me, is one of those Christian models that we look at in terms of when it comes to excellence. Because wherever he went, he rose. Even in the face of all the adversity, here he was here at the University of Babylon, where they were taking all the Israelites out there and captured them. And to go again to a land where there's so much adversity and to rise in the king's house, not just in the ordinary business, in the king's house, in government, and become a governor. The governor of governance. They were all reporting to him. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit in him. And that means that. Whatever he did, he did it well. Whenever he prayed, he prayed well. So his spirituality, he did not compromise. But he could not just pray and then go and sit in the office and start WhatsApping and say, I pray in the morning. And start Facebooking and Twittering. I took Twitter on my team the other day, but I don't know how to do it, so somebody has to show me. <laughs> no, I told us about the whole multimedia thing for the conversation. So we can do Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram. Yes. So I went to do Twitter. I asked to after that. I was looking for the Trump to follow him. <laughs> no, so it's very important that um, we uh, we aspire to do to work excellently everything that we do. Uh, as Christians, we have a, an additional responsibility. So, what I mean by excellence is that if we are in an office of 10 people in an office, in a bank, and we are all working in the bank, and you are the full member of that team, the rest of our Christians are all people, 
other religion. But you are the only focus pro member in that team of cashiers in the bank. Or whatever profession that you are in, you are the one who is the focus pro member. Whenever people come to the cash, cashier or to your office, there must be a reason for them to always want to come to you and house. Because whenever you do your work for them, it is always cut above the rest. Because your output is always good. The quality is always good. It is always more superior. Because you know the importance of your business. Excellence is something that we must always aspire to do. Brilliance. Every time you play something, people must make comments like that. There must be something about your work. You are a shoe designer and a shoemaker. There must be something about your brand that every time somebody wears your brand, that he feels that much. I mean, you know, because I'm a testimony to your, to your shoes. I have many shoes. I like shoes. But since I bought your shoes, you can see most of the time I wear shoes. I wear one today. But it's very important that you don't get to a point where you think that I have a right. Because in the business, nothing stays stands still. It is always moving. If you stand in business, you will be overtaking. In fact, you start regressing. Because the space at which people will move past you, you will regress. So it's very important that we are always seeking to excel. You've done this, yes, beautiful shoes, nice. But now you should be looking at different ways of making the shoes. Whether you're looking at it, how comfortable it looks, part of the design, you are looking at new ways or the kind of material that you use so that you can bring the prices down to make it more competitive. If you don't do so, somebody will come up with a brilliant idea, and before you know your idea doesn't look so great. So that is why we seek to excel. Because the excellence always makes us move that extra step, always cut above the rest. When we see a lot of these big companies around that have been around for years, we use KFC as an example, they don't, they didn't get up. What was his name? The guy who started it. Sanders. Sanders. He didn't start something there and has been left by that. Whatever he started, up to now, they are proving. And I dare say that they'll be spending millions of dollars in some laboratory, looking at different tastes, consumer tastes, what do people want to do, what are the current trends, even eating the same chicken, they are looking at how people eat chicken, what time of the day do they eat chicken, what time, what do they like to eat with chicken, because there are also other health issues, so these days people are not so let's sell salad with it. They do all kinds of things, it isn't just because they have nice chicken, because for chicken, I plenty chicken, I can kill one, Put some metal on it and it should be good. But we all go and spend 40, 50 CDs to buy KFC. Why? And this has been going on for years because they are always looking to improve. The excellent spirit within us should always drive us to always want to do better. So you have done well, but you need to do better. And so you need to move from good to great. From good to great. You turn wrong, but you can do much better. And so we see a lot of companies fold. In Ghana, how many companies have gone through generations? Very few. How many companies does the father start? Hands over to the son, and the son to the son, and the son to the son. I can tell you that most of the banks that we see today were started by individuals. Most of the world banks that we see are started by individuals. And then they pass on to their children, their children's children, and then maybe the government public. But still, the public interest is still there. It's because they always push. They don't allow the mediocrity to step in. Sometimes mediocrity is the standard, in, especially in this part of the world. So far as the thing can move, so if it's a car, so far as the car can move, it's fine. No need to put any extra thing to me. No, no, no. The car can move. Huh? 
or the food you can eat. <laughs> so the watches that are from 20 years ago that he started selling watches is the same hat that he has sat under. The same branch is used to buy the baby with for 20 years. So far it's not broken, she will not change it. Even the oil that they used to buy the anyway. <laughs> How we have allowed our businesses to collapse. Because that same person who has been doing anyway, trust me, if she had built on it, by this time she'd be running multi million dollar companies because she has moved one step to this. Because all these companies started small. Not only started a business and others that listed on the stock exchange. It all had to go to a certain test before people have confidence to buy your shares. So it has to start from somewhere. But if we don't build it from gradually, step to step, but above all, putting that excellent spirit to make sure that whatever we do is done excellently, then we'll be stuck at a certain level. And that's why a lot of our businesses are stuck. How many businesses can compete worldwide from Ghana? Ghanaian companies born out of Ghana. Very few can compete. But what are the Malaysians who came to take palm oil, palm uh, seeds from my grandfather's store 50, 60 years ago. Because my father saw and told us that they saw these funny looking people coming to work in my grandfather's farm, taking these things. And they go, and now the world's biggest palm industry is a Malaysia. They run the exchange for palm. And they're making billions of dollars. What are you using? I want to be a petition. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? We are making palm oil and a petition. And they are selling the same palm and making billions of dollars. Because they found what you use, because palm is one of the most versatile plants you can make. Everything around it is useful. So if you have that, it's like you have gold, gold sitting on your land. But we, we use it for power. So these are all very important steps that we ought to take as Christian uh, men and women. Integrity, our diligence, the excellent spirit with which we operate our businesses. These are the keys that we will need order to make sure that we uh, build our businesses. I just want to touch on faith because we cannot do all of these things without touching on some of the key spiritual aspects of what actually makes us differentiated here. Faith. It is what is described in the Bible in Hebrews 11 as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is based on our spiritual conviction. Things that we don't have to prove, but we believe that because the word of God says so. So he says, I will supply all your needs according to the riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And so as a businessman, you believe in the word of God. You take the word of God, you take your diligent spirit, you combine your diligence with your faith then you go out there and you do what you need to do to make sure that you reach out to your targets. So let's not get this thing wrong. There's too many false teachings that somehow you just pray and you go to your knees and you fast and the things will fall from heaven onto earth. No. You must add your diligence. You must add the excellent spirit. You must add the virtue that we described in 2 Peter chapter 1. And say, add to your, your faith virtue and virtue knowledge. All these things are part of what we're supposed to see so that we can build our business. We do not just take the spiritual aspect, seven day fast, go to one day fast, and go to sleep. No, you fast, you work. Because when we read about Paul, the greatest apostle of all, he ended his living as a tent maker. And Paul was writing all these episodes that you and I are enjoying. He was still earning money, working for his own economic 
substance. So as businessmen and businesswomen, why do we believe in the word of God? Why we do all that do all things through Christ? But we know that at the same time, we must be able to do what we ought to do. Diligence, our integrity, our excellence, mixed with our faith, put under peace everything that we do as Christians. For we know that this is the faith that we have that will be able to take us over and above the normal things because there are certain things that will need supernatural refuge to be able to do so. But before you even get there, there is a level of work that is required of you. So why did Abraham have to lift the knife to be able to almost take the knife to pierce his son for God to intervene? Why did he have to walk three days with the son and carry the wood on his back and carry the knife with him with the servants and the donkey? Why did he say to the the servants that I shall be back with my son. He had a faith, but at the same time he had to do. And so he had to put his son there on the altar and be prepared to kill him. But he knew that even if he killed him, the Lord will bring him back to life. Whatever your faith is, you must be prepared to do what it takes to do. And then let God meet you at the point where he knows that you cannot cross. And so I want to entreat all of us that everything we do, whilst we do so by faith, we must not forget what our responsibilities, our duties, in acquiring knowledge. So businessmen, let's acquire knowledge. In our your industry, wherever your industry is, I'm an accountant and a management consultant, so I must read about what is going on in the world. I can't offer advice to somebody when I don't know what the, the key indicators of the economy are. Where is the economy going? What are the key things, areas of growth? I must have an understanding so I can advise somebody who needs business advice. How can I advise them how to run, write a business plan? I don't understand how business works. I need to understand the dynamics of what is happening, not just in Ghana, the sub-region, Africa, and the world. Because the world is inter interconnected right now. So you must be selling shoes in Ghana, but there will be people buying them from America. And so you must be able to understand what is the market competitor in the US. And so you can make and you can benchmark yourself to be able to first of all price it at such a price that somebody will want to come and buy yours and not them. Because you only want to come and buy a shoe from Ghana if you can get a similar quality in the US. So you have to know these things. So educate yourself, get yourself, read, get knowledge, get all the tools that you need. Release this with IT and technology. Everything is accessible. When we were in school, you had to go to the library, and the one place that you never find was the library, even though that's what I'm supposed to be. But you're supposed to go to the library and learn. Now we don't have to do that. The library is on your laptop. You go there, there's so much information there, and you can be able to get all that. So we have no excuse. But at the same time, that means that there's democracy in knowledge. Or somebody who has not even been to university, but he has the same access to you to get the same information. So how do you differentiate yourself from that person? Because I can Google anything and I can get that information. But in all of these things, we have Christ. And the Christ that we have is our differentiator. Amen. 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 I know I've run out of my time. It's a bad I'm wrapping up. Okay. So just the last few slides. Uh, so Maintaining Christian principles, these are some things that I just want us to just take note of. As Christians, let's be prayer. Let's pray and commit everything we do to the Lord. Let's be patient, let's trust God without Him. When we are doing our businesses and we are trusting God, when we are trusting God, we are trusting God. We don't trust God in Him. You know, we must always know that God who has given us the opportunity is more than Him. And so you are able to trust God knowing that you'll be able to deliver. Resilience, and I always talk about humility. As businessmen and women, we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves. You may know it, you may have the best products. I know personally of somebody quite close to me, and he's been 
struggling with his business for some time. Brilliant model, and everybody who speaks to him tells him he's got a great business model. But there's a few things that he needs to work on himself. Because sometimes, even with all the brilliance, people are not comfortable with you. So humility allows us to be able to break barriers. And sometimes humility can even give you a head start for something that you have no knowledge about. Because somebody just likes you. You get your breakthrough just simply because you're able to humble yourself and to be able to allow uh, the spirit to leave you. Courageous, you must be courageous and bold in your decision making as businessmen and women. You must be very careful the line of business that you choose to go. Make sure that you're led by the spirit. Don't just go and enter into some business where everybody's building houses. Everybody's now, this is the latest thing is coming. These are now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say my profile. Somebody's leading me to see this. No, I'm talking about these uh, real estate developments. Everywhere you pass now, everybody has just put a date in front of it. Yeah, it says, Trasapo has been millions of uh, these estates coming up. You know, and I'm sure they are making money, but there are other ways that we need to stretch ourselves. So be fair in your dealings, meet your obligations, even when not convenient. You know, sometimes you'll be making certain payments, it might not be convenient, but do so because it's the right thing to do. Build yourself, others, build others, build your business to last. Don't build businesses that are going to die overnight. Let's build businesses that our children will take over. Our children's children will take over. Because that is also a biblical commandment. That our blessings must touch our grandchildren, not just our children. And so, the last thing I'd like to say, the thing that we need to take away and to remember is that first of all, our businesses are owned by God. Every business that we own, we run is owned by God, and God is the director the CEO of our business. We must focus on creating wealth and not on making money. Creating wealth is being that as generational money. It's not something that will pass away. When you die today, the business will continue to stand. The product will continue to grow. Cannot stand as dead, but KFT is still wrong. The people who started banks many years ago are dead. Bargains. Is still running. Let them be businesses that will go transgenerational. You are part of God's plan and remember that. So, whatever you're doing is part of God's plan. Understand how you're connected to other businesses where God's interest is. You are a leader, act as a leader. In your business, you are a leader. In your industry, you are a leader. In your home, you are a leader. Everywhere you are. You are a leader. Act as a leader. I want to say that as a leader, it means you take initiative and don't let others drag you as if you have direction. Your direction is coming from the Lord. And then finally, I say when you take care of God's business, He shall surely take care of yours. Amen. Amen. Amen.